tonight. Matthew chapter number three, we're going to read from verse one down to verse number 17. And uh, I preached that message this morning about the lighthouse and the light keeper. And I was saying, Lord, as I'm down here, Lord, help me to see some things and from a spiritual side. And we were coming home and coming down I-95 yesterday, or up I-95. Uh, and there's a billboard. And I said, all right, Lord, that's what I'm talking about. I thought it said, preach everything. I said, okay, I will, Lord. And I read it again, it said, peach everything. <laughs> uh, all right, Lord. <laughs> I'll rein it in. I'll go once, I'll, I'll be like they taught me in Bible college. I'll stay on my subject. Tonight we're gonna deal, we've been talking about what is the church. We've talked about the officers or the offices of the church, talked about the pastor. And then we talked about the deacon last week and, uh, and or taught on, that sounds better than saying we talked about. Uh, but we're gonna deal with baptism tonight. It's an ordinance of the church. It is uh, something that is to be taking place in the church and uh, we're gonna deal with that tonight and uh, maybe next week, week after that, we'll deal with the Lord's Supper uh, and then we'll move on through this, this study that we got going on. But look at verse one of chapter number three of the book of Matthew. We're three chapters into the gospel and we're gonna see a baptism take place. The Bible said, in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of the prophet Isaiah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. In the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leather girdle about his loins and his meat was locust and honey. And then went out to him, they then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, hey, let's be friends, let's be popular, and let's get along. That's not what John said. He said, oh, generation of vipers who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come. I'm telling you, I don't think we could handle John the Baptist nowadays. Uh, bring forth, therefore, uh, fruits, meat for repentance. <laughs> he said, y'all are a bunch of vipers, and y'all better get right with God. Uh, if, you, if you go back to the original, that's what he was saying. The Bible says right there in verse number nine, and think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father, for I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. It's interesting when you preach that sometimes, I don't realize that I'm doing it at the moment, but God will let me say things that you're thinking about. <laughs> and I don't plan it that way. I don't think, oh, this is what they're thinking about right now. I'll say to you, like, preacher, how in the world did you know? I didn't, amen. I was just letting the Lord use me. Here, John, he's saying, I, I know what you're thinking about. And don't, you, don't, you don't be thinking about that anyway. So verse number 10, and now also is the ax is laid into the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not good, forth good fruit is hewn down, is cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but ye that come after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he shall uh, thoroughly plunge, purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and lighting upon him. 
And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Let's pray. to Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again for tonight. Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord, for the song service. Thank you, Lord, for the time of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the testimony time. Lord, what a blessing it is as a pastor. Uh, Lord, to see you working, Lord, to see you moving in and amongst the people of our church, Lord, dealing with their issues, answering their prayer requests, helping them, guiding them, directing them, Lord, comforting them. Lord, what a blessing that is. Lord, that's my heart's desire is to see you work in the life of every person that attends and goes to South Haven Baptist Church, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to serve you. Thank you, Lord, for an opportunity, Lord, to open up the word of God tonight. I am absolutely nothing uh, Lord, it's, they don't need to hear what I have to say, God. We need to hear from heaven tonight. Lord, we need Bible truth, Lord, to cement some things in our hearts and, Lord, to understand why we do what we do and the way we do it. Lord, it's not just preference, God, it's Bible. And I pray, Lord, tonight, Lord, you'd help me to teach and preach, Lord, in such a manner that is clear and concise, Lord, and it gets to the point, makes it understandable, God, makes it personal, and, Lord, it is something that we can stand firm upon tonight. Lord, we thank you. We'll give you the glory. We'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I understand that the 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 the, under, the 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 theme, the subject of baptism, isn't necessarily a very exciting thing to talk about and to preach about. But I don't think we're going to be hanging off the chandeliers and uh, breaking pews. I mean, we've already broken enough things tonight. Well, somebody's already broken enough things today. Amen. Uh, <laughs> amen. But no, we're going to talk about baptism tonight. And you say, well, preacher. Well, why is it significant? You understand tonight we are a South Haven Baptist Church. Now, there's a, a company that sends out pins. Uh, they are the pin company is what they are. And we've ordered our church pins through them. And then somehow or another, they send me free samples every so often. And for some reason, they've taken the word Baptist out of our name. Now, if I'm paying for it, they're going to put it in there. Right, but I'll, I'll get one of those pins and I'll think, how did they take that out of there? You know, I, I've never filled out any information that says South Haven Church. I always make sure to put Baptist because unapologetically tonight, we are a Baptist church. We're not sorry for being a Baptist church. We're not recovering from anything. We're not sick from anything, right? We are, uh, I'm wholeheartedly, I, I, I stand firm on being a Baptist, not just because everybody that I know is a Baptist, but because I believe it's the closest to the word of God, right? It is closest doctrinally, closest in practice, in methodology, and so that's why we are. And so, but there's, you gotta understand the word Baptist tonight, it, it comes from a, 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 a further point in history where men and women, boys and girls, were willing to put their life on the line, not just to be a Christian and to get saved by the grace of God, but to publicly be baptized. Right, you gotta understand when, when, when uh, persecution of the church is taking place since the first century, we see it in the book of Acts, but uh, you gotta realize further down through history, the Catholic church and different groups, the and Muslims and whatnot have persecuted Christians. The Christians have always been a persecuted people. Right, they've always been because we're not of the world, right? We're, we're not of the world system. But you got to realize that term Baptist was a derogatory term originally. All right, they were making, oh, you're, you're rebaptizers. You're, you're, you're baptizing yourselves scripturally and you're being rebaptized. And you say, well, preacher, when it comes to baptism, how do we know what to do, why we do it, and, and, and the basis behind it? Not just what it means, but really, literally, how do we do it? Right, what, what is the proper methodology and what is the proper message behind Baptist or baptism or baptizing? To answer that question tonight, you have to ask this question, what does the Bible say? 
Right? What does the Bible say? And that's not a critical, that's not just a critical question and a critical question for the Christian life, but even when it comes to denominational, right, and, and the different denominations, what does the Bible say? Now, I do want to preface this tonight that I, there's a lot of different denominations I do not agree with. And when I say that, I don't mean there's terrible people living in them and they're, they're bad people. I just don't agree with their doctrine. Right, it's, it's not a, I, I, hope they, I hope they get in a car wreck and die. I, I really hope, I, mean, I wish I could explain the Bible to them, get them to understand why. Because you gotta realize, I grew up for the majority of my life believing things that are contrary to the word of God. Right, in the contrary to the way they're taught. Preacher, what changed your mind? I can still remember, I can't tell you the exact date, I can't tell you exactly where I was, but I can still remember opening up my Bible and how the Bible talks about the occult and it talks about uh, the, the false religions and one of their signs is that they forbid men to marry and to eat meat. I'm gonna read in my Bible, I'm like, then where did the Catholic Church get that from? Priests aren't allowed to marry, and during Lent, you are forbidding to eat from eating meat on Fridays. I thought it's right there in the Bible. But you got to realize, I grew up, and, and there were select Bible stories that we heard, but I was never encouraged to read my Bible. I was never encouraged to do a personal study. Why? Because if you find out what the Bible says, this is truth, and when you realize this is truth, then I'm about to go find somewhere that is teaching the truth wholeheartedly and completely, and not just when it's convenient. So what does the Bible say about baptism. And here's the thing tonight, if you stray away from the Bible example and teaching of baptism, you'll get one of three things. Well, my fingers got confused there. You'll get one of three things tonight. The first thing is if you stray away from the Bible, you might get or you will get the meaning of baptism correct, but the methodology wrong. You can get the meaning and the, the, the understanding behind it correct and get the methodology wrong. Well, preacher, what do you mean by that? Really, that, that kind of goes, a good example is, this, is the Methodists or the Presbyterians, right? They, they believe in a salvation by grace, right? Through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I agree with that. That's what the Bible teaches in the book of Ephesians. And they believe that, that baptism is not essential to get into heaven, but it is the first step of obedience in the Christian life. However, their methodology is not biblical. Well, preacher, what do you mean by that? Well, they don't preach baptism by immersion, right? They, they, or they, they don't preach or they don't teach it. They teach it either by multiple means, right? It can be immersion. It can be sprinkling. It can be uh, pouring water over the head. I don't know the technical term for that, christening in that sense. It can be one of those three. Matter of fact, the Presbyterian Church, I looked online as I was studying this together. They said, we accept any of those methods, right? But you realize, I, I firmly believe tonight that the Bible teaches one method. Right, it's the, it's, the, it's the right method. And, and I, matter of fact, I was just talking to somebody about this this morning, about what does it mean to be baptized. And a lot of times, and I'll give you some wisdom here, a lot of the times when somebody says, well, what exactly what is baptism? It's always a good thing to, to take them down the Romans road. Right, because there's so much teaching nowadays that you have to be baptized to go to heaven. And anytime somebody says that or brings it up, I always go back to thief on the cross. And I, I asked the person this morning, I said, when did the thief on the cross get baptized? I said, I don't know. I said, they didn't. I said, it's kind of hard to get baptized when you're hanging on a cross. She said, I, I never thought about it like that. I said, so baptism is not essential to go to heaven or not necessary to go to heaven, but it is necessary to be an obedient Christian. 
Right? And so we see tonight that if you stray away from the word of God, you'll get, one of, you'll, you'll get the meaning of baptism right, a step of obedience, but you'll get the methodology wrong. Or you can get the method right and get the message wrong. Or, or get the purpose behind it. And we find this a lot of times in the charismatic non-denominational movements where baptism is equivalent to salvation or an act of salvation. And they'll say things like, the water washed my sins away. Right, there was a gospel song, and I remember hearing it on the radio, and, and I was listening, I was like, man, that's a pretty song that the fella can sing, his doctrine's off. Right, he said, I, you know, I'll sink my toes in the clear, in the, in the clay, and God's going to wash all my sins away. Right, it rhymed, it was nice, but it's just not doctrinal. Because the water of baptism does not wash your sins away. We sing it, what shall wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. And something I find quite ironic is those songs are sang in churches that don't hold that doctrine. Right, it is, baptism is a, is, a, is a works of salvation, right? Yes, you believe, but once you're baptized, then you're truly saved. And the Bible doesn't teach that. Right, and so if you don't understand what the Bible says about baptism, you can possibly get the method right, right? And, and we understand that, that they, they, they baptize by immersion. They'll plunk you in the river. They'll plunk you in, in the lake. They'll, they'll put you in the cattle trough, bring you up, and, and you see it over and over and over again and all that different kind of stuff. It, it's the, the method's right, but the message is off. So you'll get the meaning. Some will get the meaning of baptism correct, get the method wrong, or some will get method right, get the message wrong, and if you don't go off the word of God, the third thing will happen, you'll get both the method and the message wrong. Right, so who, preacher, who does that? The Catholic Church does. Right, the Catholic Church, the, the Greek Orthodox, Episcopalian, Lutherans, go and look it all up, and they, they get the, the, not just the method wrong, but the message wrong as well. I remember studying it out and finding out that the Catholic Church, at, at a point in time in history, was so concerned with children dying without being baptized, that they made a device that would go into the womb to baptize a child. I thought, man, that is absolutely crazy. Right? I firmly believe tonight that the Bible teaches something called, you can call it the age of innocence, age of accountability, where a young child, until they come to the understanding that they are truly a sinner, right? they are covered by the grace of God. We understand that tonight. But the Catholic Church teaches that in order for you to go to heaven, right, you have to be Baptized. You have to commit the commandments, or not commandments, the, 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 the uh, sacraments and, and get all those things together. And I, I, was, I was christened or I was baptized as a six-year-old, a six-month-old infant. Preacher, do you remember it? Not, not, not a second of it. Only reason why I know it happened, it was me. I seen a video of it. What'd you do? I cried the whole time. Why, preacher? They were pouring cold water on me <laughs> as a baby. And I, I remember growing up thinking it was the oddest thing that I was baptized before my mama was. So my mama didn't become a Catholic until I was in my teenage years. But, and so the problem is when you get away from the word of God, right, you have the possibility of not just getting the method wrong, but getting the message wrong as well. And here's, once again, I'm not saying these things because I think those people are terrible people. I think there's good people in Catholic churches. I think there's good people in, in Lutheran church. I think there's good people in charismatic church. I think there's good people. But at the same time, just because there's good people, I can't stray away from the word of God, right, and get away from that. And so we understand that it's very important. But when we allow the Bible to, in essence, when we take the Bible as it says for what it says, not only can we get the method right, but we can also get the message right. 
Right? This is not a personal interpretation of it. I think it's just clearly taking the word of God as for what it says tonight. And so notice number one, we're going, what is the message of baptism? Right? What is, what is baptism for and what is it saying and what is it teaching us? Baptism is not, first of all, we see this here in Matthew chapter number three, baptism is not a means or a work for salvation. Well, how do you know that? Because had that been the case, why did Jesus get baptized? Let me ask you, what sin did Jesus commit? What wrong thought did Jesus have? What bad attitude did Jesus have? If anybody in this chapter needed to get baptized, it's John the Baptist. He's calling them stiff-necked vipers. <laughs> right? But at the same time, here's the thing. If, if, you, if you preach bold like that, you better be right. You better be right. And I think John was right there. Right? But baptism is not a means of work for salvation. Nowhere in the Bible are we told to be baptized to be saved. Right, The thief on the cross was saved but never baptized. So it is not essential or necessary for you and I to be baptized to go to heaven. Right, And so you said, preacher, people really teach that? Yes, people really teach that. And it's amazing. I worked with a young lady. Uh, she's a matter of fact, she's the same age. We went to high school together. We worked at Sonic together. She was a Jehovah Witness. And I remember we, we got into talking about that. And, and she always tried to shut it down when, when, I, when I bring up doctrine, I'd bring up, you know, Bible, being a Baptist, and she'd always try to shut it down, and, 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 and I, I'd, I'd always, I mean, we were there, might as well uh, talk about it, get, get it out in the open, and I, I remember that she said, well, you Baptists believe that if you're baptized, you go to heaven. That's not what we believe. We don't believe nowhere near that. Some Baptists might believe that, but Bible-believing Baptists don't believe that. And so baptism is not a means of salvation or a work of salvation. But the overall message is or the consistent theme is that baptism is needed for the Christian. Right? Or it is a necessary step in the Christian life. It's something that every Christian ought to do. Not required to go to heaven, but it is necessary to be an obedient Christian. You could say, explain this way that baptism is the first step of obedience for every Christian. Because if it was for salvation, the argument would be, why was Jesus baptized? Right, but then at the same point, why was Jesus baptized? Matter of fact, he approaches John here in Matthew chapter number three, and John's like, oh, Lord, no, you need to be baptizing me. And Jesus says, no, suffer me to be baptized. Right, because I'm talking about how it was a need for righteousness and, and to portray what, what was needed to be done. And you say, well, what in the world does all that mean? In essence, just like baptism, right, is a step of obedience, it's also a, a sign of identification. It's a sign of identification. It follows an inward work. Matter of fact, verses six through eight, and I, the Bible said, we're baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. In essence, they confessed their sins. They believed on this, this man that John was preaching about, who was, he, was, he was preparing the way for, and after that confession, they were baptized. Right, so it follows an inward work. Real Bible uh, baptism only takes place after salvation. Well, preacher, I got baptized before I got saved. You got wet, right? But reality is salvation or baptism always takes place after salvation. Baptism is a public example or a public decoration of an inward work. Now, I know a lot of times when I baptize, and, and, it's, it, and I, I've tried my best to work on it, but sometimes in the middle of putting somebody under the water, I forget what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man, what was I supposed to say? And I don't want to be in a thinking process while holding somebody underneath the water. <laughs> right? But, what, you know, it, it, it's not any magical words that I say, like if I stutter, it doesn't mess it up. Right? But in essence, it is 
buried in his death and raised in the newness of life. The, the, the picture of baptism is a picture, a public declaration of what's already taken place in your heart. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. Right, but when we got saved by the grace of God, resurrection power, the old man, you know, died, and behold, there was a new man. That spirit which was dead or, or died in the Garden of Eden is brought back to life. And so when we baptize somebody, I don't put them under the water saying, well, I hope this gets, gets them to heaven. Right, that should already be settled before they ever get in the baptismal pool. Right, but rather it is a public declaration of this person is identifying Christ has saved them. They're publicly identifying with them. And I think, once again, our modern Christianity and our, our modern church uh, atmosphere and our modern thinking is kind of, I don't want to say it's deadened it, but it's, it's lessened it, right? Because we come from a line of people that when they did the same thing you did in the Baptist pool, baptismal pool, their life was on the line to publicly declare that they've been saved and to be rebaptized from what the Catholic Church told them or what the previous or what the Jews believed, right? In order to be baptized, they were publicly identifying with Christ. And it came at a high cost. Baptism follows an inward work, but baptism allows for identification. And really, verse number 13, then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. And Jesus answering, said unto him, suffer it to be so, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. Right, the Bible says, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and lighting upon him. If you read the, uh, another gospel, that's where John declares, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And as he baptizes him and he brings him up out of the water, Jesus stands up and the Bible says that there's a, the spirit of God descends upon him like a dove. In essence, there is a public identification that this is the son of God. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. And now when you get baptized, don't take it the wrong way, I'm not saying when you get baptized, you become Jesus, right? But in the way that it identified him as the son of God, verse number 17, a low voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Right, everybody that was there that day knew who that was. That was the son of God for a voice from heaven, the spirit of God, just like a dove. And the same thing is true when you and I get baptized. We don't become Jesus, but we identify with him. Right, anytime someone is baptized and they're brought up out of the water, you can, if you're a born again child of God, you can say that is my brother, that is my sister in Christ. They have made a public declaration. We are of the family of God. Right, so baptism allows for identification. Baptism follows an inward work. And you say, well, preacher, is it really a big deal? Right, is it really a big deal if somebody gets sprinkled, if somebody gets water poured on them, or if somebody, like we like to say, right, gets dunked in the water? They get immersed in the water. And the, my answer to that is, well, if you look at verse number 16, how did Jesus get baptized? Right, now, who in here, raise your hand tonight, believe Jesus is the perfect example. In every area of life, right? What, you know, that bracelet said, what would Jesus do? Right, you don't have to wonder, go to the Bible and see what he did in those certain situations. And he's our perfect example. Well, let me ask you, now, how in the world can he come straightway out of the water if you're getting sprinkled? Right? How in the world can you get, come straight out of the water if they're just pouring water on top of you? I remember growing up and, uh, well, I tell you what, and I'm not trying to dog on them tonight, but the Catholic Church does some weird things. 
And if you've never been a part of one, you've never seen it, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. And you ought to praise the Lord for that. But I remember every, every time, certain times of the year, that priest would come down and he had a bucket. That bucket had holy water. Tell you what, I, I, I messed up big time growing up. I've knocked over the holy water before. I've dropped the communion bread right in the middle of the floor after it had been transfigured in their eyes. It was bad. But I remember he was walking around, he, he'd take this thing and it looked like a, a mace, a medieval weapon. He'd dip it into the water and he'd walk through the church and he would psh, 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 psh. And as the water hits you, you were supposed to do the sign of the cross. I remember getting so upset one day because he did all of that and the water never hit me. I thought, well, what am I going to do? Right, but the message of baptism and the, and the idea of immersion, it's not just a preference, right? Because you don't get the picture of the death, the burial, and the resurrection in sprinkling. You don't get a picture of the death, the burial, and the resurrection in, in pouring water on someone's head. The only way you get that is by taking somebody and putting them under the water and bringing them back up. Jesus didn't sprinkle for my sins. He didn't pour water, a little bit of water. The Bible said he was dead, he was buried, and he rose again. And tonight, when I, when I got baptized, I was willing to identify with that. I identify with the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So baptism allows for identification. It always follows an inward work. If you see Christ himself, he was baptized, he was baptized by immersion. And he was identified as the son of God. And I think if Jesus sets the example, we ought to follow it. But here's the thing tonight. This isn't the only example I can take you tonight that deals with the method of baptism. So we see the message of baptism, but then we also see the method of baptism. And tonight we're going to work our way through a good bit portion of the book of Acts tonight and just see time after time where men were baptized or folks were baptized and we see how it takes place. Go to Acts chapter number 2. Verse number 38. This is after Pentecost. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall be, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And some people say, well, that, there it is. Peter said you had to be baptized in order to be saved. No, if you go back, you break it apart grammatically. The first phrase is repent. That has to be done. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, repent of your sins, and then be baptized, every one of you. Right. So baptism follows an act of uh, salvation, and then you go down to verse number 41. The Bible said, they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there added unto them about 3,000 souls. And so we see that, then there's, there's a good qualifying statement here, that those that were added to the church that day were added after baptism. Right? That's why our church holds the, the, the standard that if you're going to be a member of, of, of South Haven Baptist Church, not only must you be saved, but you also must be scripturally baptized. Why? We get the example from the word of God tonight. Now take your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter number eight. Acts chapter number eight tonight. Go down to verse number 12. The Bible said, but when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. So we see once again, there was a belief before there was baptism. There was salvation before there was baptism, both men and women. How many glad the gospel works for everybody tonight, amen? Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done tonight. So we, we, we said tonight, the thief on the cross, right? He was saved and he believed Jesus Christ. He went to heaven, but he was not baptized. But he's also the outlier in the sense that 
a lot of the rest of the time in Scripture, when somebody is saved, you, you see baptism immediately following their salvation. So here, a man by the, you know, uh, Philip's preaching, and men are getting saved. This Simon, and you go back and read about Simon. Simon was a crazy man, right? Then he gets saved. He says, "I'm willing to publicly identify with Christ. Everything else I was doing was wrong. I, I'm identifying with Christ." Then let's see here. Let's go to verse 36 of Acts chapter number eight. Then Philip, verse number 35, opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him, this is Philip, the Ethiopian eunuch. Right, as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, see here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? What do I need to do to be baptized? And Philip didn't say, well, change your clothes, right, and and, and get everything ready and, and join me in the water. Right, because it wasn't necessarily the location and the lack of water. Because the eunuch, here's the amazing thing, the eunuch was a lost man. Right, he looks down and he said, look, there's water right there. What is hindering me from being baptized? Look what Philip said in verse number 37. If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Right, there's that, that activation of faith. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they both went down into, how in the world can two men go down into water that's sprinkling? I don't know about you, but sprinkling sounds like a shower. And I don't want to take a shower with no other men. <laughs> but if it's a pool of water, that's normal. Right? And it goes on saying, he commanded the chariot to stand still. They both went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him, verse number 39. And when they were come up out of the water, once again, so we see uh, the Bible doesn't you know, expressly say that Philip put his hand over his mouth, said a few certain words as he put him under the water. But right, it gives us the, the practical understanding that you had to go down to the water, be baptized, and come up out of the water. Right? So we, it's a bio, it's not a preference tonight. Right? We don't have a baptismal pool because I think it's cool. We have, we have that tonight. We baptize that way because we believe it to be scriptural. Well, so preacher, it's really not that big of a deal. And if you live that way and that's your mindset, well, if it's not that big of a deal, then I'm really not going to worry about it. That's where the slippery slope starts, right? And it's one of those, I teach my children, I try my best to live by principle, right? Because if you live situation to situation, sooner or later, you're going to start going down the wrong way because situations are going to dictate that. Whereas if you live by principle, man, it makes things awkward sometimes, Right, it makes things difficult at times, but at the same, it, it helps you from going down that slope of compromise when you live by principle. And so it's one of those like, well, if I came in, I said, well, you know, it really doesn't matter which way we baptize. You know, as long as you, long as you get somehow, you get baptized. Right, it's not that big of a deal. Well, that's where we start because then all would be well. It really doesn't matter what kind of music we play in here. Right, well, it doesn't really matter what kind of Bible we use. It really doesn't matter what we teach as far as salvation goes. Right, and that's just when you start down a slippery slope. There's no end to it. Right, the only way to stop it is to get back where you're supposed to be. So we see that in Acts chapter, go to Acts chapter number nine, verse number 18. This is Paul, the apostle Paul, verse 17. He's brother Saul. We know God, he ends up becoming Paul, the great apostle. And immediately, verse number 18, there fell from his eyes as it had been scaled. Paul's already been saved. He's already been, he's already seen the Lord at Damascus Road. He's already got all that dealt with, been saved by the grace of God. The Bible said immediately there fell from his eyes as had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and what? And was baptized. If the apostle Paul was baptized, don't you think we ought to be baptized too? 
So we see the principle. The Bible said straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. And so we see this step of obedience, right? It is, it's really, it's, it's followed by some previous steps of obedience, right, on the behalf of Ananias. But we see here Paul makes his own personal decision of obedience to be baptized to publicly identify. That had to be a big thing for Paul. That'd be a big thing for him to publicly say, I no longer am of the, 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 the Pharisees. I no longer hold their doctrine. I no longer identify with them. I identify with this man that really I was just trying to kill everybody that followed him. Now I'm one of his. That's a big thing for Paul. So you got to realize there was boldness in Paul's baptism that led to boldness in Paul's preaching. I was said straight away, he preached Christ in the synagogues. So we see that once again, we see that there's, there's faith. And then there's baptism, there's salvation, and then there's baptism. All right, let's see right here. Turn to Acts chapter number 16. Acts chapter 16, go down to verse number 14. Here's a woman by the name of Lydia. The Bible said, a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord had opened, or whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto things which were spoken of Paul. She had believed God. She, she, she had worshipped God. She believed him and believed what Paul was saying. And the Bible said, and she was baptized and her household. She besought us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Right, so we see that not, that there, and now here's a lady. So we have biblical evidence of both men and women being baptized. So it's not just for one gender. It's not just for, for, for one sex. Not. It is for both men and women. It's for anybody who's saved by the grace of God. Once again, you see this precedent of how it is faith, there's belief, and then there's baptism. Go down to verse number 33. Verse number 30. Here's Paul and Alice. They're in prison. I preached on out of this chapter not too long ago. Go down to verse number 30 and, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved in verse number 30? Well, what did Paul and Silas not say? Well, get baptized. Right? Get baptized and you'll get saved. Right, the Bible said, verse number 31, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And they took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, right? And was baptized. Now, we read our Bibles. We know that Paul and Silas were beat. They were whipped, right? They had, they had been uh, probably tortured to the extent of that. And so you understand that, that they probably, this jailer has probably taken them to a pool somewhere, a bath somewhere, and he's helped wash their wounds, and, and I, maybe, just maybe, it was that same pool that he was baptized in. Right, but we see here tonight, in essence tonight, it wouldn't make no sense to someone who has gone through what Paul has gone through to sprinkle a little bit of water on it to rinse it off. Right, so we see that tonight, that it's the same thing over and over. In essence, when the Bible says that there's a, there's a law of, of your Bible called the law of first mention. Right, when something is first mentioned in your Bible, it will carry straight through to the entirety of the word of God. Baptism is a New Testament word. Right, baptism, is, we find it first there in Matthew chapter number three. We see Jesus being baptized by immersion. We see uh, and it take place and over and over and over again tonight. And it's the same principle, it's the same structure tonight. Go to uh, Acts chapter number 18. Acts chapter number 18. I got a few more tonight and we'll be done. You can go home and tell all your friends that your preacher talked about baptism. And they'll say, well, how, what do I got to do to be baptized? You can say, well, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Look at verse number eight of chapter number 18. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians hearing believed in what? Were baptized. 
So once again, we see that precedent, that there is faith and then there is baptism. Then you go to, on to verse, chapter number 19, go down to verse number 3. You can probably start at verse number 1. It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Paul, what are you talking about? And it's a great reminder that just because somebody's saved doesn't mean they know everything. Right? There, there's, there's, you grow in your Christian life. Paul, what are you talking about a Holy Ghost? <laughs> it goes and say, verse number three, he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Now John was preaching, repent, right? And prepare ye the way of the Lord. Right? Get ready. This, the Messiah is coming. The Lord is coming. Get prepared for that. But, you know, repent of your sins. Believe that he's coming. Right? And they were baptized after that. In essence, they were believing on the Lord without realizing who the Lord was. Right? We understand that when we look at our Bibles, right, we, we look back to Calvary. Right? We know who the Son of God is. He's revealed in the Gospels. And it's the, same, it's the same promise, right, that Abraham had and that really Adam had in the garden that God was going to send a, a, a Messiah. God was going to send a Savior. Now, Adam didn't know his name and Abraham didn't know his name and David didn't know his name, but they believed that God would. And the Bible reveals to us that that was Jesus Christ. And so we, under, we, we have that revealed to us, but the same faith that we have back, looking back towards Calvary is the same faith that Abraham and the old men of the, the, the Old the Testament had looking towards Calvary. So we see now that they have been baptized, but under John's baptism, right? And the Bible said, then Paul said, well, that's good enough. That's okay, right? That's, that's close enough. Well, you mean, you got the right method. You just don't have the right message. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him and which should come after him. And here, here's what Paul, Paul reveals. It. This is what? On Christ Jesus. And the Bible said when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so at South Haven Baptist Church, we hold the standard that if you're going to be a member here, not only must you be saved, but you must be scripturally baptized. And scriptural baptism is by immersion after salvation. So, well, preacher, I've been saved, but I was baptized when I was six months old. Can I say that's not a scriptural baptism? And when we say things like that, and in my mind, people are like, oh, preacher, preacher's mad at us. No, I'm just trying to get you to realize that, that it's, it's a very, very important thing. Why? It's a biblical issue tonight. And so it's one of those that, you know, it's one of those, uh, well, preacher, I've been saved, but I haven't been baptized. Well, we need to get that settled. Right, we, we need to get that right. We need, we need to get that, that where it's supposed to be, right? Because the Bible gives us a great example, gives us a great principle, great precedent there to follow. That if Christ himself, if Paul was baptized, then we ought to be baptized as well. And here are these men who had been baptized realized that their baptism was, was to John and not to the Lord Jesus Christ. And what do they do? They got baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible said when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. They went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. So we see here this act of obedience here of getting what was seemingly a, a, a non-essential issue about their salvation, right? They, they get this issue of baptism correct and the Bible said God gives them some boldness. They walk in and, and here's the thing that I said, preacher, I want to be a bold Christian. Can I say the only way that you get boldness is through obedience? 
There's no other way to become a real bold Christian outside of being an obedient Christian. And so that's something if you've never said, preacher, I've never been baptized. Well, that's something that needs to be settled tonight. That's something that you need to pray about and say, all right, Lord, uh, and, and, and not just because I'm preaching, but go to the word of God and say, all right, Lord, here's what your word says. Here's why I am. Lord, do I need to get this right? And God will never disagree with his word tonight. He'll always lead the way that needs to be led. So, so preacher, why, why, is Bible, why, why, is, why is baptism such a big issue? Why, why is it such, such, such importance? Why is it an ordinance of the church? Well, because of its method, right? It shows us, right, publicly, that the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, but also because of its message, right? I'm identifying with Christ, publicly identifying with him tonight. Let's pray to him.